Welcome back to the Messy Reformation. And man, it is good to be back after a long hiatus. And if you want to find out what's been going on the last couple of months, listen to the rest of the episode. But my name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at PCRC in Pease, Minnesota. And we're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. And we recognize that whenever Reformation has happened in the history of the church, things get messy. And as we're watching Reformation happen in the CRC right now, things are starting to get messy. And so we're taking the opportunity to have conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to find out what needs to happen if we're going to see Reformation. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Monday. And we also have a lot of different things going on right now. We have a new website you can find at themessyreformation.com where you're going to see some articles and all of our podcasts uploaded over there. And we're hoping to build some community there. So go over and check out themessyreformation.com. We also want to encourage you to keep sharing this content. We want these conversations to spread throughout the CRC. We want reformation to happen. So if you know of anybody who would benefit from listening to this podcast, share it with them. Let them know about it. That's the best way for us to get the word out. It's just through personal invitation. So keep doing it. Our podcast is growing every single week. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode where I finally give you an update on what's been going on the last couple of months. Well, guys, I'm glad to be back and recording episodes for the Messy Reformation. Um, I'm doing things a little differently this week. I'm doing this podcast all by myself. Um, Because I wanted to get an update. I wanted to get some content back out there for you. And I wanted to explain what's been going on the last couple of months. I know many of you know what's been going on the last couple of months. I know many of you have been uh, praying for me and supporting my family. And I'm so thankful um, for the body of Christ and and the way they've surrounded my family during this whole ordeal and, uh, and me. And I'm thankful for the grace of God and the way he has poured out grace and mercy on me and brought healing to my body. Um, But I also know that many of you who are listening to this podcast probably have no idea what's been going on the last two months. Um, We've been dropping episodes faithfully every single Monday for the last year, and then all of a sudden we fell completely off the map. And... um, People have been wondering and asking questions, what's been going on? Well, the short answer is COVID. Uh, Early on in September, my whole family contracted COVID. And thankfully, um, everyone in my family had very uh, minimal symptoms and recovered from it in a couple of days, um, except for me. Uh, Began with very minimal symptoms, um, but progressed slowly, slowly, slowly over the period of time and got worse. And um, I'm the type of guy who uh, 
doesn't go into the hospital unless I'm on my deathbed. And, and to be completely honest, I didn't realize how bad it had been getting until I finally told my wife she needed to bring me into the ER because I felt pretty miserable. And so back early September, she brought me into the ER. Um, and when I got in, my oxygen levels were so low um, that the doctors decided they needed to put me on a ventilator, um, which was a pretty tough decision to make. It was pretty scary for my wife. We knew that uh, you have like a 50-50 chance of living after being put on a ventilator, but um, what do you do in that moment? You trust that the doctors are making the best decision for you, and um, you trust them, and then you trust your God. And uh, thankfully, throughout all of it, the Lord gave me um, a peace that surpasses understanding, even though I knew I might not make it through this, um, I had comfort that the Lord would carry me through, and if the Lord didn't, that my work here would have been done. Um, And I had comfort that he would care for my family, that actually the Lord's the one who does a better job caring for my family than I do even. And so um, back on September 17th, I was intubated. I was med-flighted down to Madison and uh, put in a medically induced coma and uh, medically paralyzed for two weeks so that my body would recover. And uh, just to give my body rest and allow my lungs to recover. Um, After two weeks, I kind of woke up in the hospital groggy and foggy. Um, But the amazing thing was that after I woke up in the hospital, um, my recovery progressed um, amazingly fast. Um, Faster than any of the doctors expected, faster than anyone Expected. I give all the credit to uh, the prayers of God's people. Um, I came out of my coma. The next day, they extubated me and put me on a high-flow oxygen thing. The next day, they took me off the high-flow and put me on a normal nasal cannula. The next day, they moved me to a, um, out of the ICU into a step-down unit. Two days later, they moved me to a regular hospital room. And a couple of days later after that, they sent me home. Um, which is unheard of. Um, I've talked to friends of people who know guys my age, even young, healthy guys who've gotten this, and they've been in the ICU for two, three months. But I was, I was in the hospital for three weeks, and now I've been out of the hospital for about three weeks, and uh, my recovery continues to happen amazingly fast. Last week, I was finally discharged from all of my home health therapy, and uh, once again, um, all of my therapists were basically in shock. They told me that they had planned on doing home therapy with me for two months. And three weeks later here, they're discharging me, and they said it's unheard of for someone to have a recovery going this quickly. Um, they talked, told me a story about a guy that they've been working with. He's my age. As healthy as me, I'm a big-time cyclist, so I would, before this, I was biking 20, 30 miles a day. And they said this other guy was my same age. He was running six, seven miles a day, um, had to be intubated, was in the hospital for a long time, and came home, and he was on home health therapy for, three, or for two months. 
And after two months, he could only walk around the block. And here I am three weeks after getting out of the hospital, three weeks on home therapy, I'm walking a mile and a half or more. And uh, my recovery is going quickly. And uh, it's been a beautiful opportunity for me to just give God all the glory for it with my therapists. I told them, they said, I don't understand it. And I said, well, I do. I've got people praying for me all over the world. It's been amazing. I've got people praying for me and my family up in Canada, throughout the United States, in the Dominican Republic, and in Liberia. And it's uh, been a, an amazing thing to see the body of Christ wrap around me and our family through prayer and to watch God just bless it and bless my recovery. And I, I've got a long ways to go yet in my recovery. Um, you can probably even hear me now. I'm still a, get a little short of breath just talking, but, but the Lord's been good. And uh, he has carried me through this and uh, given me peace and patience that I never, never, ever would have expected. And so I just, I want to say thanks to all of you who knew what was going on and were praying for me and your churches have been praying for me. Um, it's been almost overwhelming the number of people who've been praying for me and supporting my family. And it's, again, it's a testimony to the body of Christ. My family was taken care of so well by the body of Christ while I was out of it, um, while I was in a medically induced coma. We still, you know, we're almost two months from that day and we're still have a freezer full of food um, from the support of the, the Christian school my kids are a part of, from my church and and we're also a big hockey family, and so the hockey community is pretty tight, and they've been supporting us with food and gift cards, and um, it's been pretty, pretty phenomenal. I've also had this um, really great experience. <laughs> People have laughed when I call it a great experience, but the hospital that I went to, it's a hospital my wife works for. She's a, a nurse at a hot SSM hospital, which is a Catholic hospital, so it's faith-based, and so SSM stands for the Sisters of St. Mary, and they've partnered up with, a, they kind of combined with another hospital called St. Agnes, and so um, I had this amazing experience of being in a hospital um, that was faith-based, and so one of the really cool things I had was while I was in the ER, um, right after the doctor told me I needed to be intubated. I don't remember asking for them to pray over me, um, but I found out later that I asked them, but I do remember them doing it. So there I am in the ER about to be intubated, not knowing if I will come out of it, not knowing um, how long. And the last thing I remember before um, falling asleep or being knocked out is having my ER doctor and about six or seven nurses gather around my bed, hold hands, and pray over me that God would bring healing to my body and wisdom to the doctors. And, and I remember that ER doc weeping as he prayed over me. And uh, that brought me tremendous comfort to know that these doctors and nurses, and obviously not all the doctors and nurses are Christians, but at the core of this hospital is a desire to glorify God. And that wasn't the only time I had that happen. As I woke up from my 
uh, coma and uh, was still coming off the meds. You're really groggy and foggy. You're not sure what's going on. You're actually detoxing off of all of the drugs that they've given you. And so I had a level of um, confusion and anxiety as I came off of those meds. And, and then I would have nurses as I tried to, um, as they noticed the anxiety I had, they would say, could I pray for you? And then I'd have nurses sit and, and pray over me that God would give me peace and, and healing and, and comfort as I came off of all these meds. And um, it's a pretty phenomenal thing to have happen. And um, another one of my favorite stories in this hospital, I had a nurse, name was Bill. He's a, he's a guy I want to go back, meet face to face and say thanks because he was a, a phenomenal nurse. He did so much for me while I was in the hospital. And uh, he did things a little differently. He actually gave me his cell phone number so I could text him from my hospital room if I needed anything. And kind of made his life easier. He didn't, um, that way he knew what I needed. He can get it before he had to come in and go through all the COVID protocols to enter my room. Um, but during the day um, that they were debating whether to extubate me, they they put me on a breathing trial. They pulled me off the ventilator, make me breathe on my own to to evaluate if my lungs were strong enough to be able to handle that. And, and so they're uh, they pull me off the ventilator, and there I'm sitting breathing, um, wondering if I'm strong enough to be taken off the ventilator. I've got all the doctors out in the hallway um, watching me, watching my numbers, and then debating whether I was going to be strong enough to have this um, tube pulled out of me, have the ventilator taken off, be taken off the ventilator. And um, at some point during that time, uh, Bill checked in on me, sent me a text, and said, Hey, how you doing? Do you need anything? And I kind of sent him a joke back, and I said, well, tell all those doctors out there to take this stupid tube out of me. And uh, he, he, I laughed because I saw him hold the phone up to the doctors, and they all started laughing, and they're like, how does he have your cell phone number? I don't understand that. But the amazing thing was is his response. And actually, Bill wasn't even a Christian or maybe a nominal Christian from the conversations I had with him, but his response Um, cut me to the heart. He said, Jason, we will make the decision that is most honoring and glorifying to God. And that was all I needed to hear. And I just sat there and I prayed to God in that moment and said, amen. Um, I want what's glorifying to you. If I'm not ready to be taken off this ventilator, then I will, I will be okay with that until I am ready. Um, I want your will to be done. And it was just this amazing experience to be there where you had even people who are non-Christians kind of being in an environment where the doctors were going to make a decision that was glorifying to God. And I had that over and over and over throughout that hospital experience. And it's been a humbling experience for me. It's the, There's nothing... It, there's nothing like laying, waking up from a coma, uh, being on a ventilator, and being confused and dazed and not being able to communicate with anybody for um, two days. My, my hands were so shaky, I couldn't write. I had a ventilator in, so I couldn't speak. 
I couldn't text because my hands were so shaky from all the meds and I had just lost all coordination. And so there I was two for two days, completely unable to communicate what I wanted, what I was feeling. Um, it's a very helpless feeling. And yet the Lord was good. He, he brought me comfort. He brought me peace and he, he pulled me through it. And and even in the midst of this, there's one other element that I haven't talked about yet, which is why I haven't recorded a, a podcast until today. Because when you come off of a ventilator, you can't speak. Even when they pull the tube out, um, usually there's some damage to your uh, to your vocal cords, or at least they need to kind of reheal and rebuild strength. And so I came off of the ventilator and I couldn't speak at all. The, at most, I had a whisper. And then a week later, when they discharged me from the hospital, I still only had a whisper. And talking to the speech therapist, she was getting concerned that it wasn't coming back a little bit even by then. And uh, I was warned that there are possibilities that coming off of a ventilator, sometimes your voice never comes back, which is a pretty concerning thing to hear when you're a pastor, when your primary tool that God has given you for ministry is your voice to preach and to teach and to provide counseling and to lead and yet the Lord brought me peace through it. I, I don't, I can't explain it. I had this peace that if the Lord never gave me my voice back, I would trust him in that. And maybe I'd have to become solely a writer or maybe I would have to do something else. But, and that kept going on for, for two weeks after I got out of the hospital. I, my voice, I had nothing. I had just a whisper. And so I went in, they, they scheduled an appointment for me to visit an ENT and they stuck a camera up my nose and down my throat to check out my vocal cords and they saw that one of my my right vocal cord was working perfectly but my left vocal cord wasn't working at all it was completely paralyzed and they don't know what caused that they um, sometimes it's because of the ventilator that causes some nerve damage there and COVID itself has been causing quite a bit of nerve damage, but either way, my left vocal cord was completely paralyzed, and so they weren't coming together, which is why I could only whisper. But thankfully, they had said that there was a procedure they could do. They could inject some collagen in the left vocal cord. It would move it over and allow me to get my voice back, but the doctor that did that procedure wouldn't be there for two more weeks, and so I'd have to wait two more weeks to get my voice back. But in that time, the Lord was gracious again. All of a sudden, my voice started to come back little by little by little. And about three days before the procedure, on a Sunday, I was talking and my voice was kind of gra really gravelly and really weak. And all of a sudden, it would sound normal for a little bit and then it would go away and it'd sound normal for a bit and it would go away and um, that night, the youth group met from my church, and everybody else had been praying for the procedure coming up on Wednesday, that it would go well and that it would restore my voice, but 
Thank God for the youth group. They started, they prayed that night that the Lord would heal my voice so that I would not need the procedure. And I woke up Monday morning and my voice was probably at 60%. And then I woke up Tuesday morning, my voice was at 70%. And then I woke up Wednesday morning, the day of the procedure, my voice was 80 to 90% back. And I went in for the procedure and the ENT doctor just started laughing and said, your voice is stronger now than it would have been with the procedure. I don't understand how it came back so quickly and so fast, but and I had the opportunity to say again, I've got people praying for me, a youth group who prayed that the Lord would heal my voice so that I wouldn't even need this procedure. Now it's continued to go even better. I'm a week after that. My voice isn't 100%, but still 90 to 95% back. And I'm praising God. And I'm praising God for the opportunity to be back um, recording podcasts, being able to talk. And I'm praising God for His grace and His mercy in my life. I'm also praising God for all the support. Um, that I've had, not just, not even just through this whole experience of COVID and seeing the body of Christ come around me, but I'm just so thankful for all of you who just continue um, to send me notes of encouragement. It means a lot to me. I didn't know when starting this podcast, I had no idea what was going to happen with it, if anybody was even going to listen to it. And um, I just felt the Lord laying it on my heart to do something. And so we've started it, and now I, each week, almost every week, I get a note, an email, a voicemail from somebody saying, thanks for your podcast, it means a lot for me. I was ready to leave the Christian Reformed Church, and, and this has helped me hang on a little longer and, uh, and fight and, and do what I can to help um, restore and, and reform the, the Christian Reformed Church, and that Um, That just amazes me that the Lord would use me in some small way to help bring some of that, um, to help encourage you, um, to help strengthen you, and to help um, keep you in the fight here for orthodoxy in the Christian Reformed Church, because it's going to be a fight. Um, It doesn't have to be a nasty, bloody battle, but it can be a fight where we fight with God's Word and we fight with grace and mercy And then we pray. We fight through prayer against principalities and powers and pray over this denomination that God would show grace and mercy and that he would pull this denomination out of death in the same way that I've been able to watch him pull me out of death. That we would pray for this denomination that God would bring healing to it, restore it to faithfulness in the same way that I was able to watch the Lord restore my voice in this unexpected, miraculous way. I mean, he'll do it. And so I just want to keep encouraging you guys to keep fighting the good fight for this denomination. And uh, I know that each day we continue to see things that that frustrate us and, and annoy us, and we see Articles in the banner that are just, for me to say bluntly, just total garbage. And, and we hear people who are just 
completely shocked and gobsmacked that anybody would call anybody in our denomination a heretic. Well, for crying out loud, there are heretics all over the place, and there's heretics in the CRC, and that's frustrating for us. And yet, as I keep saying, we serve a God who raises the dead. I've had the opportunity to experience that in my own life over the last two months. And I look forward, I pray. I pray I can look forward to the day where I can say, I saw the Lord raise this denomination from the dead. Because that's where we are. That's where we are. Let's just be completely honest with ourselves that this denomination is on its deathbed. We are laying in the hospital in a medically induced coma, medically paralyzed. We can't do much or accomplish very much right now because of the division and the faithlessness and all the ridiculousness going on in this denomination. We are dead. And so we need to pray for the Lord to raise us from the dead. But not to not to raise us from the dead for our own glory. Right? That was one of the one of the biggest things that the Lord has laid on my heart throughout all of this that when I prayed to him for healing when I prayed to him for healing my voice, I said, Lord, heal my voice, not for me, but for your glory. Give me the opportunity to shout from the rooftops the healing and the grace and the mercy that you have done in my life. Let me, give me an opportunity to tell this story. And as we pray for the Christian Reformed Church, let's pray that God would restore it and heal it, not for our sake, not for the glory of Reformed theology, not for the glory of us duchies who have been here forever, but for his glory. So we can shout from the rooftops that we serve a God who raises the dead. We serve a God who came in and restored a denomination that was wandering away from him, and he came in and he changed our hearts brought us to repentance, and restored us. That is a story I want to be able to tell. That's the whole reason why I do this podcast. It's the whole reason I'm involved in all of these things going on in the denomination. I'm involved with the Abide Project because I want to be part of what God is doing here. And I trust that God can do it. I also trust that if God decides, if it's his will, and the CRC falls apart, and, and the next synod doesn't go well. And, and, uh, and, and I, I mean, I really think that if synod 2022 does not go well, and we don't hold the orthodoxy, we're toast. Um, the CRC is dead at that point. We'll hemorrhage so many churches at that point, and I think we should, um, that, that the CRC will be dead. And if that happens, I still have faith that God has, that's God's will. God will judge wickedness. Um, I, my devotions have me going through the Old Testament right now, and time after time after time after time, God says, you walk away from me, I will destroy you. But there are times when he has mercy and grace. And so I say I stay on, until we get to the point where I have to leave, and I keep praying and pleading that God would restore this denomination for his glory. And I'm excited to be a part of that. And, and I encourage you guys to be a part of that too. And 
and I'll continue to work and fight and, and do what I can to, to help uh, encourage and, and uh, do what the Lord tells me to do. That's um, when God calls people to ministry, he's, he calls us just like he called Ezekiel, just like he called Jeremiah. He said, you go where I tell you to go and you say what I tell you to say and you trust me with the rest. It doesn't matter if nobody's listening to you. It doesn't matter if you're not seeing any fruit. It doesn't matter if you're not seeing reformation coming in the denomination. That's not the point. Your call as a pastor, as a Christian, as someone called by God to do his work in the world, you're called to go where he tells you to go, do what he tells you to do, and say what he tells you to say. And then trust him to use that for his glory. And so that's what I'm doing. I encourage you, seek God. Find out what he's calling you to say. Find out what he's calling you to do. Find out where he's calling you to go and then do it. Say it. Go there. And trust him. Trust him to use it. You have no idea what he will do with that. But he will use it in some way for his glory. So that's what we're doing here at the Messy Reformation. We've got all these things going on right now. Uh, Even though we haven't been putting out podcasts, we have been working on new ways to put out some content, new channels to use. And since I didn't have a voice for a while and couldn't record content, I began working on a website where we could put up some articles because I've got lots of things I want to say and they don't always end up coming out in these recordings and so we've got a website coming up you can find it in two places if you just go go to themessyreformation.com it's going to redirect you to the actual site which is themessyreformation.jasonrice.com and for now that's where it's going to stay because I can use that for free and I've already spent enough money on on this endeavor so that's where our website's going to be and I'm hoping I can put out a new article each week and just uh, just on some of the reflections of things we've talked about in our podcast, some reflections on things that are going on in the denomination, and, and then just reflections on what it means to be a pastor in a time of reformation or in a time of faithlessness. So I've already got three articles out there going through um, Ezekiel's call to ministry and what that looked like, and an article about uh, Jeremiah and trusting God and um, and so you can head over there and check out those articles. I'm also posting um, these episodes on YouTube right now, putting them into YouTube videos so that we can, so that people can find them on YouTube through another medium and then posting these on our website as well. So go on over there and check that out. I also want to encourage you, check out the Abide Project. That's a bunch of us CRC pastors. We're working to try to teach and encourage people down the path of orthodoxy. Where it's, I'm not the only one in the denomination right now working to help keep our denomination heading down the right path toward orthodoxy. There's a whole bunch of pastors, and it's super encouraging for you to find that. So you can find, go over and check out the Abide Project. It's at abideproject.org. And we've got articles going there. We've got resources going there. We've got a podcast coming soon. We're going to have some videos popping up eventually. Um, Lots of good stuff going on there. They're helping promote the Messy Reformation as well. So 
Check out the Abide Project as well. Get connected. And, and even when you get on the Messy Reformation too, I've got a discussion board under each post and we can start building some community over there, having some conversations, talking, and uh, just, uh, just we need each other right now. And uh, like I've said, what if I have learned one, th- a couple things um, throughout this whole experience of almost dying in the hospital from COVID, um, I've learned primarily that my God is good and gracious and merciful. And I've learned that the body of Christ is an amazing, amazing thing. And so we need each other, especially in times like this when we can be frustrated and downcast and feel all alone. We need to pull together and help hold each other up. And so I'm hoping that we can have some discussions over at the Messy Reformation that can encourage us, can challenge us, and can strengthen us for the fight. And so head on over there and have some of those conversations. And we'll keep putting out content. I'm hoping that we'll be get back quickly into posting podcasts every week and uh, and encouraging you and interviewing pastors throughout the CRC and we're going to keep doing that right up through Synod 2022 and and uh, we'll see um, what happens there and, and what we do going on from there. So uh, again, thanks for all your support. This podcast is growing every single week. It kept growing even as I... Um, It kept growing even while I was in a coma. God kept blessing it. And so I just keep watching more and more people find it. And uh, that's because of you guys. And I just say thanks. And keep sharing it because I'm not doing this because I want to be well-known or famous. or I'm definitely not doing it because I'm making any money. Um, I'm doing it because this is something that the Lord laid on my heart. And so I committed a long time ago to do what the Lord tells me to do and say what the Lord tells me to say. And so keep sharing it. I pray that it continues to bless pastors and and uh, just members of the Christian Reformed Church who are struggling, and, and I keep praying that God would use this in some way to help bring reformation to the CRC. That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week to find out what we're going to be talking about. But until then, don't forget, this is Christ Church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation.